0: And welcome to tonight's ZoomCast on Isaiah's Prophecy,
1: Chapter 57, The Call-Out. And I'll be reading tonight from the Isaiah Institute's translation of Isaiah. Starting in verse 1. The righteous disappear, and no man gives it a thought. The godly are gathered out, but no one perceives that from impending calamity the righteous are withdrawn they who walk uprightly shall attain peace and rest in their beds now on the eve of destruction the end time servant will return to physically gather out the strength of the lord's house now we know from dnc 45 from you know first nephi Chapter 14, verse 1, and many other scriptures that the Lord's people would go into bondage first spiritually. And that happened when the Latter day Saints rejected the fullness of the gospel under Joseph Smith. We received a warning in
0: 1832 as recorded in DNC 84. Verse 53, and by this you may know that
1: the righteous from the wicked and that the whole world groaneth under sin and darkness even now. And your minds in time past have been darkened because of unbelief and because you have treated lightly the things that you have received. Now, this is DNC 84. I start in verse 53. Which vanity and unbelief have brought the whole church under condemnation and this condemnation resteth upon the children of Zion even all and they shall remain under this condemnation until they repent and remember the new covenant even in the book of mormon so the latter day saints were committing the same sins that the children of israel committed before them enumerated in verse in verses 23 and 24 of dnc 84 Now this Moses plainly taught to the children of Israel in the wilderness and sought diligently to sanctify his people that they might behold the face of God. But they hardened their hearts. Now hardening of the hearts is the opposite of the new and everlasting covenant of offering up the sacrifice of a broken heart and contrite spirit, which is how we are instructed to come unto Christ. It's how we're instructed to believe in Jesus Christ. It is how we are to receive the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, which is that endowment of power that prepares and sanctifies a man, a woman, or a people, preparatory to entering into the rest of the Lord, (coughs) which rest is the fullness of his glory in this life. They hardened their hearts and could not endure his presence. Therefore, the Lord, in his wrath, for his anger was kindled against them, swore that they should not enter into his rest while in the wilderness, which rest is the fullness of his glory. Therefore, he took Moses out of their midst and the holy priesthood also, and the lesser priesthood continued, which priesthood holdeth the key of the ministering of angels and the preparatory gospel. The warning that we're receiving in DNC 84 in 1832 is that if we continue down the same path as the children of Israel in hardening our hearts and refusing to offer up the sacrifice of a broken contrite spirit, we too will have the fullness taken from us and be
0: demoted to the preparatory gospel. Well, did the Latter-day
1: Saints repent and return, or did we continue in the hardness of our hearts? Well... It's very telling what happened in May 1834. For in May 1834, Christ took his name out of the church. And the church was renamed from the Church of Christ to the Church of Latter-day Saints. And the exact same thing happened to us as happened to them. We were demoted to the preparatory gospel. And we would remain in a demoted state until shortly before the second coming of Jesus Christ, when Joseph or the end-time servant would return again on the scene, finish the restoration, and physically gather out the strength Lord's house for an end-time exodus that would culminate in meeting up with the return of Enoch, his city, and established new Jerusalem, in preparation to finish the gathering of Israel from the four corners of the earth, in final preparation for the return of Christ in his glory. So back to Isaiah chapter one, the righteous disappear. Well, when do the righteous disappear? Well, it's on the eve of destruction. Just as Samuel the Lamanite had prophesied that the sign concerning Christ's birth would be given. And a decree went forth among the Nephites that all who believed in Christ and in the prophecies of Samuel the Lamanite should be put to death if the sign was not received. And the day was appointed, and the sign was given, and those who held out true and faithful were delivered from impending physical destruction. And so it will be in the end times with us. Not only will there be spiritual bondage, but also physical bondage. The foundation for that physical bondage is being established right now. And soon every man, every woman, every child on the face of the earth will be in physical bondage. And we saw a trial run of this physical bondage uh, happen with the actions that were taken by the states of the world in response to COVID-19. And in some parts of the world, the measures were very draconian. And again, this was just a trial run for the worldwide bondage that is coming and must come. And the saints will cry out night and day for deliverance. The bondage will be so severe. And it will be the final test of God's people to see if they will wait on him in the midst of even certain destruction. Um, And so the righteous man disappears. And no man gives it a thought. The godly are gathered out, but no one perceives that from impending calamity the righteous are withdrawn. Um, From this and other statements in Isaiah, this alludes to the fact that when the end time servant comes back on the scene, it's not going to be in an extremely public fashion. More likely, it will go from word of mouth to ear and the word of his coming on the scene um, will spread like wildfire among the righteous but will be concealed from the wicked but no one perceives that from impending calamity the righteous are withdrawn they who walk uprightly shall attain peace and rest in their beds Now, as a cross-reference, let's
0: go to Isaiah chapter 50, verses 10 through 11. Who among you fears Jehovah
1: and heeds the voice of his servant? Who, though he walk in the dark and have no light, trusts in the name of Jehovah and relies on his God? But you are lighters of fires, all of you. Who illuminate with mere sparks. Walk then by the light of your fires. And by the sparks you have kindled, this shall you have from my hand. You shall lie down in agony. So let's unpack these verses. Verse 10 again. Mm -hmm. Who among you who fears Jehovah and heeds the voice of his servant? Over and over
0: throughout Isaiah, a theme is given. That those who will reject
1: the end-time servant will also reject Jesus Christ. You know, I hear many say that, uh, you know, I need no man. And my relationship is solely between me and my God. And if there is anything I need, it will come directly from God himself. Well. I would say if you are the end-time servant, that that is absolutely correct. If God has entrusted you to translate the sealed portion of the Book of Mormon, the record of the 12 apostles, the record of the prophets, if through hearkening to the voice of the Spirit, (coughs) you were visited by angels and received the first order of Melchizedek Priesthood, had it sealed upon you, Received the baptism of fire, baptism of the ghost, entered into the rest of the Lord, and became a king and a priest under the Most High God, having the second order of Melchizedek priesthood sealed upon you, then you would be right. However, if you have not accomplished these things, um, you do not qualify for that level of level of <coughs> excuse me, that level of revelation that the end time servant qualifies for who is sent to the earth to prepare men and women for the return of Jesus Christ in his glory because they are not able sufficiently all on their own to receive everything that is needed. Um, They need a servant to come and minister to them and help them on the path of ascension. And this is the Lord's end-time servant even the return of Joseph Smith. Again, who among you fears Jehovah and heeds the voice of his servant? Who, though he walk in the dark and have no light, trusts in the name of Jehovah and relies on his God? Now, speaking to those who reject the end-time servant, and the restoration of the gospel that the Lord accomplishes through him. But you are lighters of fires, all of you, who illuminate with mere sparks. Walk then by the light of your fires, and by the sparks you have kindled. If you really think you are sufficient in and of yourself, even though you do not completely hearken unto all of the commandments of God, that he would give unto you by your spirit. Go forward in the hardness of your own hearts, and you will find it will bring you down to destruction. This shall you have by my hand. You shall lie down in agony.
0: Now going to Isaiah 51, verses 7 through 17. Hear me,
1: you who know righteousness. And again, righteousness in Isaiah is a metaphor for the Lord's end time servant. Hear me, you who know righteousness, because God's sheep know his voice. And when the end time servant will speak by the power and authority of the Holy Ghost, it will be like
0: Nephi in 3rd Nephi, chapter 7. End of verse 17 and 3rd Nephi 7. And Nephi did minister with power
1: and with great authority. And it came to pass that they were angry with him, even because he had greater power than they. For it were not possible that they could disbelieve his words, for so great was his faith on the Lord Jesus Christ that angels did minister unto him daily. And like unto Alma the Younger and the sons of Mosiah, in Alma 17. Verse 3, but this is not all. They had given themselves unto much prayer and fasting. Therefore, they had the spirit of prophecy and the spirit of revelation. And when they taught, they taught with power and authority of God.
0: So with the end time servant. And to reject him and his words
1: will be to reject our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So back in verse 7 of Isaiah 51. Hear me, you who know righteousness, O people in whose heart is my law. Do not fear the reproach of men. Be undaunted by their ridicule. My people are those who have entered into covenant with him, who have
0: even accepted the fullness of the gospel, the sacrifice of a broken heart and contrite spirit. and through covenant, are either on the path
1: to become or have become through the ordinance of baptism of fire, baptism of Holy Ghost, Christ's sons and his daughters, and thus his people.
0: Do not fear the reproach of men be undaunted by their ridicule. For
1: the moth shall consume them like a garment. Moth shall devour them like wool. But my righteousness, again a metaphor for the Lord's end-time servant, shall endure forever. My salvation through endless generations. Now remember that while righteousness is a metaphor for the Lord's end-time servant, salvation is a metaphor for Jesus Christ himself. And righteousness precedes salvation. As the end-time servant prepares the way for the return of Christ in his glory. And were it not so, were he not to return, the Lord would not have a people prepared to meet him when he returns in his glory, and the whole earth would be utterly wasted at his coming. Now as a cross-reference,
0: First Nephi chapter 8. <laughs> and as a cross-reference, to
1: verse seven in Isaiah 51. Hear me, you who know righteousness, O people in whose heart is my law. Do not fear the reproach of men, be undaunted by their ridicule. Okay, First Nephi 8, starting in verse 21. And I saw numberless concourses of people, many of whom were pressing forward, that they might obtain the path which led unto the tree by which I stood. Now, regarding this path, Let's cross reference 2 Nephi
0: 31 and verses 17 through 19. Wherefore do the things which I have told you that I have seen your Lord
1: and your Redeemer should do? For for this cause have they been shown unto me that ye might know the gate by which you should enter. For the gate by which you should enter is repentance. And by repentance, It's important to understand that once we repent of all of the things that are obvious to us, we need to go to the Lord and ask, Father, what do I yet need, still have to repent of? And he will bring things to our mind. And then we need to go through one by one and ask him, okay, Heavenly Father, what would you have me do to repent of this matter that you brought to my mind? And then we need to follow the instruction that we are given. And that is how we are to accomplish this repentance. And baptism by water. And this baptism by water is baptism by the authority of the Melchizedek priesthood. And then cometh remission of your sins by fire and by the Holy Ghost. Well, that is the confirmation into the church of Christ and the completion of baptism of water the ordinance of baptism of fire and baptism of the Holy Ghost, which is the greatest gift that God can bestow or man receive in this life. It is the key to the mysteries of the kingdom, even the key of the knowledge of God. For once a man receives these keys, is able to, by knocking and asking, receive instruction about how to part the veil and enter into the rest of the Lord. Verse 18, and then are ye in the straight and narrow path which leads to eternal life. Yea, ye have entered in by the gate and ye have done according to the commandments of the Father and the Son. And ye have received the Holy Ghost which witnesses of the Father and the Son unto the fulfilling of the promise which he hath made that if ye entered in by the way ye should receive. And entering in by the way is repentance, baptism of water, and then doing everything required to offer up the sacrifice of a broken heart and contrite spirit, which at a bare minimum means placing everything upon the altar, but specifically and individually be receiving by revelation what is required of each one of us to offer up the sacrifice and live it with integrity. And then is the ordinance of baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost authorized to be performed. And then are ye in the straight and narrow path which leads to eternal life. Yea, ye have entered in by the gate, ye have done according to the commandments of the Father and the Son. And ye have received the Holy Ghost, which witnesses of the Father and the Son, unto the fulfilling of the promise which he hath made, that if ye entered in by the way ye should receive. And now, my beloved brethren, after ye have gotten into this straight and narrow path, I would ask you if all is done. Behold, I say unto you, Nay, for ye have not come thus far, save it were by the word of Christ with unshaken faith in him relying wholly upon the merits of him who is mighty to save. So in actuality, the path that leads to the
0: tree to partake of the fruit, it continues. The path talked about
1: in verse 18 is the path that one um, commences after partaking of the fruit of the tree. But The straight and narrow path by the rod of iron that Nephi describes in 1 Nephi chapter 8 that his father Lehi saw in a vision, in a dream, is the beginning of that path that leads to the tree, or that path which leads to the baptism of
0: fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost. Back in 1 Nephi chapter 8. And I saw numberless concourses of people, many of whom were pressing forward,
1: that they might obtain the path that led unto the tree by which I stood, or the path which is the doctrine of Christ, that is repentance, baptism of water, and the sacrifice of a broken heart and contrite spirit. And it came to pass that they did come forth and commence in the path and were led to the tree. And it came to pass that there arose a mist of darkness, yea, even an exceeding great mist of darkness, insomuch that they who had commenced in the path did lose their way, and they wandered off and were lost. And it came to pass that I beheld others pressing forward, and they came forth and caught hold of the end of the rod of iron. And they did press forward through the mist of darkness, clinging to the rod of iron, even until they did come forth and partake of the fruit of the tree. Remember, partaking of the fruit of the tree is qualifying and receiving the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost. And after they had partaken of the fruit of the tree, they did cast their eyes about as if they were ashamed. And I also cast my eyes round about and beheld on the other side of the river of water, a great and spacious building, and it stood as it were in the air high above the earth. And it was filled with people, both old and young, both male and female. And their manner of dress was exceedingly fine. And they were in the attitude of mocking and pointing their fingers towards those who had come at and were partaking of the fruit. And after they had tasted of the fruit, they were ashamed because of those that were scoffing at them. And they fell away into forbidden paths and were lost. Well, do those who are seeking The path which leads to the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy ghost, really care about those who are outside the faith, outside their family, um, who, you know, disapprove of their faith? Well, not really. Um, the, The opinions that we care about are our family members and our close friends and ward and stake members and our close associates in the church. We care about what they think. And when they mock and when they scorn us and when they ridicule us for being off, quote unquote, the covenant path, You know that is what makes many who commenced in the path ashamed and they wander off into strange paths. Now concerning partaking of the fruit of the tree or receiving the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost. Verse 10. And it came to pass that I beheld a tree whose fruit was desirable to make one happy. And it came to pass that I did go forth and partake of the fruit thereof. And I beheld that it was most sweet above all that I ever before tasted. And I beheld that the fruit thereof was white to exceed all the whiteness that I had ever seen. And as I partook of the fruit thereof, it filled my soul with exceedingly great joy. Wherefore, I began to be desirous that my family should partake of it also. And I knew that it was desirable above all other fruit.
0: And now Isaiah 49, starting in verse 9. To say to the captives,
1: and this is the end time servant, says to the captives, or all of us by the time of deliverance have gone into physical bondage. To say to the captives who are going to be us, come forth, and to those in darkness, show yourselves. They shall feed along the way and find pasture on all the barren heights. For the destructive work of the king of Assyria, king of Babylon, will destroy the food supply and water supply and everything that one needs to physically sustain themselves. But those who wait upon the Lord and are gathered out on the Exodus, just as um, the Lord provided manna and quail and water and everything else that the children of Israel needed as they traveled through. The wilderness, so will he provide for those who qualify for the end time exodus for their physical needs. Verse 10 they shall not hunger or thirst, nor be smitten by the heat wave or the sun. He who has mercy on them will guide them, he will lead them by springs of water. Again, another illusion that the end time servant will be an end time moses all my mountain ranges i will point as roads my highways shall be on high or in other words servants of the lord will be sent out to the four corners of the earth to gather israel by miraculous meanings and they will be brought into new jerusalem see these coming from afar these from the northwest and these from the land of sinim Shout for joy, O heavens. Celebrate, O earth. Burst into song, O mountains. Jehovah is comforting his people, showing compassion for his afflicted. For truly we will be afflicted for a temporary period of time. But Zion said, Jehovah has forsaken me. My Lord has forgotten me. Can a woman forget her suckling infant or feel no compassion for the child of her womb? Although these shall forget, I will not forget you. See, I have engraved you on the palms. I have sealed you to be continually before me. So again, we have the concept that God's people will go into severe physical bondage. So severe, it will almost seem that God has forgotten them. But it is but the last test of faithfulness to God's people, will they wait upon the Lord? Will they be as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and say, I will trust in my Lord, my God, for deliverance. But if not, and I perish, it is okay. For I know in whom I have trusted. But the Lord will show forth his might and his power and he will rescue, and he will save his people. Although although these shall forget, I will not forget you at the end of verse 15. See, I have engraved you on my palms. I have sealed you to be continually before me. Now, this has the same meaning as in D&C 101, in the latter part of the parable of the redemption of Zion. Verse 56, go ye straightway, speaking unto the servant and the servants. Go into the land of my vineyard, redeem my vineyard, for it is mine. I have bought it with money. Well, having bought my vineyard with money means the same thing as verse 16 in Isaiah 49. See, I have engraved you on my palms. I have sealed you. To be continually before me. When Christ was in Gethsemane, he said, Father, I pray not for the world, but for those whom thou hast given me out of the world, that they might be one with us. Or, in other words, the greatest portion of Christ's suffering was for those who had and would become his sons and daughters through the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost. And the power that he gained to extend his hand to them and lift them up to where he is. Or in other words, the lion's share of his suffering was to save his people. To make them precisely as he is. And therefore, in the prints of the nails in the palms of his hands and his feet and his wrists. And the hole in his side. He has literally engraved his people upon the palms of his hands and sealed us continually before him. Your sons shall hasten your ravengers away. Those who ruined you shall depart from you. Again, we have this idea of deliverance, of those who are in bondage, of those who keep covenant with their God, especially when Their resolve is tested by hardship. Lift up your eyes and look around you. With one accord, they gather and come to you. As surely as I live, says Jehovah, you shall adorn yourself with them, all as with jewels, bind them on you as does a bride. So the elect receive the endowments of God as if they adorned themselves with jewels, they received the endowment of power, even the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost. And thus becomes Christ's sons and his daughters. Thus become prepared to, at a future time, meet the groom at the wedding feast if they will continue and enter into his rest. For your ruins and ravaged places and your land laid waste shall now be too small for your inhabitants, despite the departure of your devourers. The children born during the time of your bereavement shall yet say in your ears, this place is too cramped for us, give us space in which to settle. Or in other words, the, the borders and the stakes of New Jerusalem will be continually expanding as the Lord accomplishes the marvelous work and a wonder in gathering all the people, all of his people, from the four quarters of the earth to New Jerusalem and its borders will grow to encompass everyone who qualifies to enter into those gates. Verse 21. And you will say to yourself, who bore me these while I was bereaved and barren? I was exiled, banished. By whom were these reared? When was I left to myself? where were they thus says my lord jehovah i will raise up my hand to the nations his hand being the lord's end time servant raise my ensign to the peoples again ensign in this context is the lord's end time servant Um, in other instances in isaiah hand and ensign is the destructive power of the king of assyria king of babylon but in this instance it is the lord's end time servant And they will bring your sons in their bosoms and carry your daughters on their shoulders. Or in other words, under the direction of the Lord's end-time servant, even the return of Joseph, he will supervise first the gathering out of the strength of the Lord's house among the Latter-day Saints and all the restoration branches, and the commencement of an end-time exodus. And once the exodus commences, the gathering out of the Lord's faithful among the Gentile nation, and also among the Lamanites and the establishment of new Jerusalem. And once new Jerusalem has been established, there will be men who will be sent out, who will have ascended to level of King and priest to the four corners of the earth, again, under the direction of Joseph to finish the gathering out. And so many of you listening tonight are in the four corners of the earth And the Lord will use you to gather out the people in your area to be ready for those servants who will be sent to bring you to New Jerusalem. And so it would be wise to start inquiring now of the Lord, Heavenly Father, what do you require that I be doing now? Then I might begin the spiritual gathering out of the strength of thy house in the place in which I live, that I might be a laborer in your vineyard, that I might participate, in fact, even lead in the exoduses which are coming. Please qualify me. Please prepare me. Please give me the experiences I need. Again, verse 22. Thus says my Lord Jehovah, I will lift up my hand to the nations, raise my ensign to the peoples, and they will bring your sons in their bosoms and carry your daughters on their shoulders. Kings shall be your foster fathers and queens your nursing mothers. Well, what is required to become a king and a priest, a queen or priestess unto the Most High God? Well, in DNC 76, the entire or a really good list of the path of ascension is outlined. Starting in verse 51, we have baptism of water by the authority of Melchizedek Priesthood. Verse 52, baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost. Um, I'll put in 52, part B, for a man to be ordained and sealed to the first order of Melchizedek Priesthood. And then verses 53 and 54. Entering into the rest of the Lord, which rest is the fullness of his glory, which is to have one's calling and election made sure. Or in these words, and who overcome by faith and are sealed by the Holy Spirit of promise, which the father sheds forth upon all those who are just and true. They are they who are the church of the firstborn. And then after becoming a member of the church of the firstborn, a man seeks to enter back into the presence of Jesus Christ in his glory, that Christ might present him to father, that he might receive from father the second order of Melchizedek priesthood, and then qualify and do everything required of him thereafter to have that sealed upon him. And that a woman might also enter back into the presence of Jesus Christ, be presented to father, and then father might present her to mother. And she received the matriarchal order. And when she has that order, Sealed upon her, become a queen and a priestess. Verse 56. They are they who are priests and kings, who have received of his fullness and of his glory, and regarding and regarding being ordained and sealed to the second order of Melchizedek priesthood, and a priests of the Most High after the order of Melchizedek, which was after the order of Enoch, which was after the order of the only begotten son, and thus become members of the church of Enoch, as is specified in verse 67. And verse 58, wherefore, as it is written, they are God's little G, even the sons of God, big G. And so these kings and priests will take their wives, their queens and priestesses. And as they go out and gather Israel to come on the Exodus You know, their wives will be in the main body and will minister to those who have been gathered. And thus, verse 23 in Isaiah 49, kings shall be your foster fathers and queens, your nursing mothers. They will bow down before you, their faces to the ground. They will lick the dust of your feet. Then shall you know that I am Jehovah and that they who hope in me are not disappointed. Can the warrior's spoil be taken from him or the tyrant's captives escape free? Yet, thus says Jehovah, the warrior's spoil shall indeed be taken from him and the tyrant's captives escape free. Or in other words, the bondage will be so severe it will seem impossible that deliverance could be received. But God will show forth his power and he will show his people that his power is greater than any of the work of man's hands. I myself will contend with your contenders. I will deliver your children. I will feed your oppressors with their own flesh. They shall be drunk with their own blood as with wine. And all flesh shall know that I, Jehovah, am your Savior, that your Redeemer is the valiant one of Jacob. And let's go back to DNC 101. Verse 55, and remember that in the parable, the redemption of Zion, um, and the name is given in verse 43, and now I will show unto you a parable that you may know my will concerning the redemption of Zion. And there are three main points implicit in the very title of the parable. First, if you're going to redeem Zion, Zion is first going to have to be established. And that is exactly what happens in verses 43 through 46. Second, can you redeem something that hasn't fallen or been ransomed? You cannot. So verses 47 through 54 are a prophecy about how Zion would fall under the leadership of Joseph Smith. Not that Joseph Smith fell, but leadership beneath him. And membership would reject the new and everlasting covenant and so would be demoted to the preparatory gospel. But verse 55. 55 to 66 begins the reversal of fortune when Zion would be redeemed. And it begins with, and the Lord of the vineyard said unto one of his servants, The name of this servant is revealed in both DNC one oh three and one oh five. And in DNC one oh three, we read verse twenty one Verily I see unto you that my servant Joseph Smith Jr. is the man to whom I liken the servant to whom the Lord of the vineyard spake in the parable, which I've given unto you. Verse 22, therefore let my servant Joseph Smith Jr. Stand to the strength of my house, my young men and middle aged gather yourselves together unto the land of Zion upon the land, which I have bought with money that has been consecrated unto me. So going back to DNC 101 verse 55, and the Lord of the vineyard said unto one of his servants, who was just identified in DNC 103 as Joseph Smith Jr. Not in his first ministry in his second. He hasn't been on the scene in over 175 years. Go and gather together the residue of my servants. For not only does Joseph Smith return, but as talked about in DNC 88, the first labors in the last kingdom who qualify would return again with him also. And these are those servants. And take all the strength of mine house, which are my warriors, my young men, And they that are of middle age also among all my servants who are the strength of mine house, save those only whom I have appointed to tarry. Well, who's been appointed to tarry? Well, those who have been translated like the three Nephites and John the Revelator. Because John the Revelator has uh, stewardship over translated beings. Joseph Smith has stewardship over everyone else. And go ye straightway unto the land of my vineyard. Redeem my vineyard, for it is mine. I have bought it with money. Therefore, get ye straightway unto the land. Break down the walls of mine enemies. Throw down their tower, scatter their watchmen. And inasmuch as they gather together against you, avenge me of mine enemies, that by and by I may come with the residue of mine house and possess the land. Now, Christ and Joseph Smith in his first ministry were largely lambs who allowed themselves to be led to the slaughter um, with only moments of foreshadowing of... The way in which they would return, which would be as warriors and as lions. Notice the offensive nature of the Lord's servant and servants against the enemies of the Lord. Verse 57 again, therefore, get ye straightway unto my land, break down the walls of my enemies, throw down their tower, and scatter their watchmen. And inasmuch as they gather together against you, avenge me of mine enemies, that by and by I may come with the residue of mine house and possess the land. And verse 63. And again, verily I say unto you, I will show unto you wisdom in me concerning all the churches. Now, churches is used differently than we use it today. It doesn't mean the Methodists, the Presbyterians, and the Mormons. It means the various groups of God's people who will receive the fullness of his gospel and enter into the covenant that he extends to them. Inasmuch as they are willing to be guided in a right and a proper way for their salvation, that the work of the gathering together of my saints may continue, Well, why does it have to continue? Because it was cut short during Joseph Smith's first ministry. That I may build them up unto my name upon holy places, for the time of harvest is come. Well, the time of harvest did not come during Joseph Smith's first ministry, but it does come during his second. And my word must needs be fulfilled. Therefore, I must gather together my people, according to the parable of the wheat and the tares that the wheat may be secured in the garners to possess eternal life and crowned with celestial glory. When I shall come in the kingdom of my father to reward every man according as his work shall be, while the tares shall be bound in bundles, their bands made strong, that they may be burned with unquenchable fire. So on the eve of destruction, the end-time servant shows up physically, even though he has previously opened the heavens and the spiritual gathering out of the strength of the Lord's house has already commenced. And when those who are invited to join the end-time exodus separate themselves physically, this is the gathering of my people, um, the securing of the wheat in the garners to possess eternal life, while the abomination of desolation shall commence among those who are tares among God's people. And they will be destroyed in this abomination of desolation, will then go forth to the ends of the earth, destroying all of those who will not enter into covenant with the God of this land and of this earth. DNC 105. Verses 15 through 19. Behold, the destroyer I have sent forth to destroy and lay waste mine enemies, or the destructive power of the king of Assyria, king of Babylon, which is allowed to amass to himself a political, economic, and military power to destroy the earth and all of those who do not qualify for the protection of God. Behold, the destroyer I have sent forth. Destroyer is the king of Assyria, king of Babylon, to lay waste to mine enemies. And not many years hence shall they not be, shall they? And not many years hence they shall not be left to pollute mine heritage, and to blaspheme my name upon the lands which I have consecrated for the gathering together of my saints. Behold, I have commanded my servant Joseph Smith Jr. to say to the strength of my house even my warriors, my young men, and middle age to gather together for the redemption of my people and throw down the tower of mine enemies and scatter their watchmen. But the strength of mine house have not hearkened unto my words. But inasmuch as there are those who have hearkened unto my words, I have prepared a blessing and an endowment for them if they continue faithful. Well, what do you think this in blessing and endowment is? It is physical deliverance from bondage and the ordinance of baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost. I have heard their prayers and will accept their offering. And it is expedient in me that they should be brought thus far for a trial of their faith. Or, in other words, it's necessary that God's people be brought into severe bondage for a period of time, that there might be a trial of their faith, that it might provide the opportunity for their ascension. For without this final trial, we would not be ready, for we would not have sufficed or faced sufficient opposition. Now let's go to DNC 88. starting in verses 80 through 82. That ye, my first labors and last kingdom, who will return with my servant Joseph, may be prepared in all things when I shall send you again. Why does the Lord say when I shall send you again? Because he's talking about in the second ministry, 175 years later, 175 plus years later. to magnify the calling wherein to I have called you and the mission with which I've commissioned you. Behold, I sent you out to testify and to warn the people. And it becometh every man who hath been warned to warn his neighbor. Therefore they are left without excuse and their sins are upon their own heads. And verses 84 and 85, therefore tarry ye and labor diligently that you may be perfected in your ministry to go forth among the Gentiles for the last time. Or in other words, to go forth among the Lord's house for the last time or among the Latter-day Saints and gather out from among the ranks of the Latter-day Saints all of those who will enter into covenant with their God, the strength of the Lord's house, who will commence the anti time exodus, who will prove to be the gatherers of Israel, to go forth among the Gentiles for the last time as many as the mouth of the Lord shall name to bind up the law and seal up the testimony and to prepare the saints for the hour of judgment, which is to come, that their souls may escape the wrath of God, the desolation of abomination, which awaits the wicked, both in this world and the world to come. And that abomination of desolation that begins in the Lord's own house is what is being described back in DNC 101, verse 66, while the tares shall be bound in bundles,
0: their bands made strong that they may be burned with unquenchable fire. Now, Jeremiah 23.
1: Verses one through eight. Woe be unto the pastors that destroy and scatter the sheep of my pasture, saith the Lord, or the legal administrators of the leadership within the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, woe be unto the pastors that destroy and scatter the sheep of my pasture, saith the Lord. Therefore, thus saith the Lord God of Israel against
0: the pastors that feed my people, Included among these are the 15.
1: You have scattered my flock and driven them away and have not visited them. Behold, I will visit upon you evil for your doings, saith the Lord. And I will gather the remnant of my flock out of all countries, whither I have driven them and will bring them again to their fold and they shall be fruitful and increase. This is talking about the gathering of Israel that commences with the end time exodus started by the strength of the Lord's house among the latter day saints verse 4 and i will set up shepherds over them who are these shepherds well dnc 10155 the servant and the servants and those who minister with them i will set up shepherds over them which shall feed them and they shall fear no more Nor be dismayed, neither shall they be lacking, saith the Lord. Denoting that the Lord's people have come into an extreme bondage, where their very lives were in jeopardy. Verse 5, Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that I will raise unto David a righteous branch. This is the Davidic king the Davidic servant, the end-time servant, Joseph Smith in his second ministry. Behold, I will raise unto David a righteous branch, and a king shall reign and prosper, and shall execute judgment and justice in the earth. And again, throughout Isaiah, um, the end-time servant um, brings forth both justice and judgment to the world. In his days, Judah shall be saved, (coughs) and Israel shall dwell safely. Because once New Jerusalem has been established under his direction, uh, servants will be sent to the house of Judah to separate the tares and the wheat among Judah. And among those servants sent to Judah will be those two prophets who will lie dead in the streets for three days, and then will be resurrected. In his days, in the days of the end-time servant, shall Judah be saved. And Israel shall dwell safely, because they will be gathered to New Jerusalem. And this is his name, whereby he shall be called. And here, the Lord applies one of his titles to his servant. Again, denoting the close relationship, and that you cannot reject the servant without rejecting Jesus Christ. The Lord, our righteousness. And again, throughout Isaiah, righteousness precedes salvation. Righteousness being the end time servant. Therefore, behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that they shall no more say the Lord liveth, which brought up the children of Israel out of the land of Egypt. Or in other words, once the end time exodus commences from that time forward and forever, When one talks about an exodus on this earth, it will refer to the end-time exodus led by the end-time servant. Verse 8, but the Lord liveth, which brought up, and which led the seed of the house of Israel out of the north country. And from all countries whither I had driven them, and they shall dwell in their own land.
0: And just as end-time context, verse 20. And the
1: anger of the Lord shall not return until he have executed, until he have performed the thoughts of his heart. In the latter days, ye shall consider it perfectly. So Jeremiah 23 is all about the gathering out of the strength of the Lord's house in the last days among the latter-day saints, the leading of an end-time exodus, and then the gathering out of Israel and Judah from the four corners of the earth, leading them to New Jerusalem and establishing Old Jerusalem again as a holy
0: city. Now, DNC section one. Verses one through five. Hearken, O ye people of my church, saith the voice of him who
1: dwells on high, and whose eyes are upon all men, yea, verily I say, hearken, ye people from afar. And ye that are upon the islands of the sea, listen together. For verily the voice of the Lord is unto all men, and there is none to escape. And there is no eye that shall not see, neither ear that shall not hear, neither heart that shall not be penetrated. And the rebellious shall be pierced with much sorrow for their iniquities shall be spoken upon the housetops, and their secret acts shall be revealed. And the voice of warning shall be unto all people, by the mouth of my disciples whom I have chosen in these last days. And they shall go forth, and none shall stay them, for I, the Lord God, have commanded them. Again, talking about the servants of God going forth in the last days under Joseph Smith's second ministry. And verses 7 through 24. Wherefore, fear and tremble, O ye people, for what I, the Lord, have decreed in them shall be fulfilled. And verily I say unto you that they who go forth bearing these tidings unto the inhabitants of the earth, to them is given power to seal both on earth and in heaven, the unbelieving and rebellious. This starts with Joseph Smith Jr. And it will continue to all of those men who qualify on the exodus in which they participate to reach New Jerusalem, that they may be in likewise sent out, having been endowed with the same power that
0: Joseph was and will be endowed with as he commences the end-time exodus. And verily I say unto you,
1: verse 8, that they who go forth bearing these tidings unto the inhabitants of the earth, to them is power given to seal both on earth and in heaven the unbelieving and rebellious. Yea, verily to seal them up unto the day when the wrath of God shall be poured out upon the wicked without measure, unto the day when the Lord shall come to recompense unto every man according to his work and measure to every man according to the measure which he has measured to his fellow man. Wherefore, the voice of the Lord is unto the ends of the earth, that all that will hear may hear. Prepare ye, prepare ye for that which is to come, for the Lord is nigh. And the anger of the Lord is kindled, and his sword bathed in heaven, and it shall fall upon the inhabitants of the earth. And the arm of the Lord shall be revealed, who's the Lord's end time servant in Isaiah. And the day cometh that they who will not hear, the voice of the Lord, neither the voice of his servants, neither give heed to the words of the prophets and apostles shall be cut off from among the people, for they have strayed from mine ordinances and have broken mine everlasting covenant. Or the Latter-day Saints have strayed from his ordinances that were instituted during the days of Joseph Smith's first ministry. And they have broken mine everlasting covenant. What is the everlasting covenant?
0: Well, DNC section 22. Behold,
1: I say unto you that all old covenants have I caused to be done away in this thing. And this is a new and everlasting covenant, even that which was from the beginning. What is it talking about? The new and everlasting covenant of baptism. Of water and of fire and the Holy Ghost. Wherefore, although a man should be baptized a hundred times, it availeth him nothing. For you cannot enter in at the straight gate by the law of Moses, neither by your dead works. For it is because of your dead works that I have caused this last covenant, even this last covenant of Melchizedek baptism, and this church to be built up unto me, even as in the days of old. Wherefore, enter ye in at the gate. Or as we just read in 1 Nephi chapter 3, 2 Nephi 31, entering in at the gate is repentance, baptism of water, and fire in the Holy Ghost. Enter ye in at the gate as I have commanded and seek not to counsel your God. Amen. So going back to DNC one Verse fifteen, for they have strayed from my ordinances and have broken my everlasting covenant. For the latter-day saints will not offer up the sacrifice of a broken and contrite spirit; instead, they prefer to revel in the hardness of their hearts and say among themselves, Second
0: Nephi twenty-eight. Verse 29,
1: woe be unto them that shall say we have received the word of God, and we need no more the word of God, for we have enough. Verse 25, yea, woe be unto him that crieth all his well. Verse 24, therefore woe be unto him that is at ease in Zion. 26, yea, woe be unto him that hearkeneth unto the precepts of men, denieth the power of God, and the gift of the Holy Ghost. Yea, woe be unto him that saith, We have received, and we need no more. Back in DNC section 1, verse 15, They have strayed from mine ordinances, and have broken mine everlasting covenant. They seek not the Lord to establish his righteousness, but every man walketh in his own way and after his image of his own God whose image is in the likeness of the world and whose substance is that of an idol, which waxeth old and shall perish in Babylon, even Babylon, the great, which shall fall. Wherefore I, the Lord, knowing the calamity which should come upon the inhabitants of the earth called upon my servant, Joseph Smith, Jr and spake unto him from heaven and gave him commandments and also gave commandments to others that they should proclaim these things unto the world and all that, and all this, that it might be fulfilled, which was written by the prophets, that the weak things of the world shall come forth and break down the mighty and the strong ones, that man should not counsel his fellow man, neither trust in the arm of flesh. And what does it mean to trust in the arm of flesh? Let's go back to
0: 2 Nephi 28. Verse 31. Cursed is he that putteth his trust in man,
1: or make a flesh his arm, or shall hearken unto the precepts of men, save their precepts shall be given by the power of the Holy Ghost. So those who profess to declare the mind and will of God and speak not by the power and authority of the Holy Ghost, if one should receive their words as the mind and will of God, then that is to rely upon the arm of flesh. What is not to rely upon the arm of flesh is to receive with gladness all of those words declared by men and women who speak by the power and authority of the Holy Ghost.
0: Back in DNC c section one. The weak, verse 19, the weak things of the world. That's
1: you and it is I. We are the weak things of the world. And if we will hearken unto the counsels and commands of God, The Lord will use us to break down the mighty and strong
0: ones and thrash the nations. And 31 through 36. For I, the Lord,
1: cannot look upon sin with the least degree of allowance. Nevertheless, he that repents and does the commandments of the Lord shall be forgiven. And he that repents not from him shall be taken, even the light which he has received. For my spirit shall not always strive with man, saith the Lord of hosts. And again, verily I send to you, O inhabitants of the earth, I, the Lord, am willing to make these things known unto all flesh. For I am no respecter of persons, and will that all men shall know that the day speedily cometh, the hour is not yet but is nigh at hand when peace shall be taken from the earth, and the devil shall have power over his own dominion. And also the Lord shall have power over his saints, and shall reign in their midst, and shall come down
0: in judgment upon Idumea or the world. And DNC 84. Verses 1 through 5.
1: The revelation of Jesus Christ unto his servant, Joseph Smith Jr. And six elders as they united their hearts and lifted up their voice on high, lifted up their voices on high. Yea, the word of the Lord concerning his church established in the last days for the restoration of his people. As he has spoken by the mouth of the prophets and for the gathering of his saints to stand upon Mount Zion, which shall be the city of new Jerusalem, which city shall be, Built beginning at the temple lot, which is appointed by the finger of the Lord in the western boundaries of the state of Missouri, and dedicated by the hand of Joseph Smith Jr. and others with whom the Lord was well pleased. Verily, this is the word of the Lord that the city of New Jerusalem shall be built by the gathering of the saints beginning at this place, even the place of the temple, which temple shall be reared in this generation. The Lord isn't speaking of Joseph Smith's first ministry, he's speaking about his second. For verily this generation shall not pass away until a house shall be built unto the Lord, and a cloud shall rest upon it, which cloud shall even
0: be the glory of the Lord, which shall fill the house. and DNC 85, verse 7. Regarding the end time servant.
1: And it shall come to pass that I, the Lord God, will send one mighty and strong, holding the scepter of power in his hand, clothed with light for a covering, whose mouth shall utter words, eternal words, while his bow shall be the fountain of truth, to set in order the house of God. What is the house of God? Well, as defined in DNC 101, it is the membership of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter day Saints. To set in order. The membership of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter day Saints or the house of God, and to arrange by lot the inheritances of the saints whose names are found and the names of their fathers and their children enrolled in the book of the law of God. And DNC 85 or DNC 86, verses 4 through 7. But behold, in the last days, even now, while the Lord is beginning to bring forth the word and the blade is springing up and is yet tender. Behold, verily I say unto you, the angels are crying unto the Lord day and night who are ready and waiting to be sent forth to reap down the fields. But the Lord saith unto them, pluck not up the tares while the blade is yet tender. For verily your faith is weak, lest you destroy the wheat also. Therefore let the wheat and the tares grow together until the harvest is fully ripe. And then shall ye first gather out the wheat from among the tares. And after the gathering of the wheat, behold, and lo, the tares are bound in bundles, and the field remaineth to be burned. Now, as I mentioned last time, the field is white already to harvest. What does that mean? It means that the ripe, heavy, golden heads of wheat bow down. And it's the tares who stand straight and tall and white. That is the field is white already to harvest. First gathering out the wheat and then burning the tall, white heads of the tares. (coughs)
0: And DNC 48. Verses 17 through 22. That's the wrong section. Let's continue in Isaiah, section 57. So the righteous disappear, the
1: gathering out of the strength of the Lord's house. And no man gives it a thought. The godly are gathered out, but no one perceives that from impending calamity. The righteous are withdrawn. They who walk uprightly shall attain peace and rest in their beds. As for you, come here, you children of the sorceress, offspring of adulterer and harlot. At whose expense do you amuse yourselves? At whom do you open wide the mouth and stick out the tongue? Surely you are born of sin, a spurious brood. This is talking about the tares in Zion. And if we cross
0: reference DNC 113. ADNC 112. Starting in verse 23. Verily, verily, I say unto you, darkness covereth the earth,
1: and gross darkness the minds of the people, and all flesh has become corrupt before my face. Behold, vengeance cometh speedily upon the inhabitants of the earth a day of wrath, a day of burning, a day of desolation, of weeping, of mourning, and of lamentation. And as a whirlwind it shall come upon all the face of the earth, saith the Lord. And upon my house shall it begin, and from my house shall it go forth, saith the Lord. First among those among you, saith the Lord, who have professed to know my name, and have not known me, and have blasphemed against me in the midst of my house, saith the Lord. Well, what do you think it means to blaspheme against God in the midst of his house? To be those among the Latter-day Saints who proclaim to have power and authority from him to speak his mind and his will to the people of the whole earth in the latter days, knowing full well that they do not. That is what it means to blaspheme against God in the midst of his house. Or in other words, back in Isaiah 57, verse 3, As for you, come here, you children of sorceresses, offspring of adulterer and harlot, At whose expense do you amuse yourselves? At whom do you open wide the mouth and stick out the tongue? Surely you are born of sin, a spurious brood. (laughs) Who burn with lust among the oaks under every burgeoning tree. Slayers of children in the gullies under the crags of rocks. Among the slippery stones of the ravines shall be your fate. They indeed are your lot. To them you pour out libations and make offerings. How shall I be appeased of such things? So Isaiah is not using hyperbole in verse 5. Who burn with lust among the oaks under the ever-burgeoning tree. Slayers of children in goalies under the crags of
0: rocks. Cross-reference ether 8. Here Moroni
1: is speaking to the Latter-day Saints, who he calls the Gentiles. And he's giving a warning. Verse 23 and E3. Wherefore, O ye Gentiles, wherefore, O ye members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, it is wisdom in God that these things should be shown unto you, that thereby ye may repent of your sins and suffer not that these murderers combination shall get above you not talking about in political power talking about ecclesiastical power murderous combinations isaiah 57 5 who burn with lust among the oaks under ever burgeoning under every burgeoning tree slayers of children in the gullies under the crags of rocks
0: did you see the pictures When the 15 went to meet with Pope, suffer not that these murderous combinations shall
1: get above you, which are built up to get power and gain, and the work, yea, even the work of destruction, come upon you, yea, even the sword of the justice of the eternal God shall fall upon you to your overthrow and destruction, if ye shall suffer these things to be. Or, in other words, oh, Latter day Saints, do not allow these murderous, wicked combinations to infiltrate and seize. Power among the leadership of your church. Don't let it happen. But verse 24, Moroni prophesies but when it does. Wherefore the Lord commandeth you when ye shall see these things come among come among you. Ye shall awake to a sense of your awful situation because of the secret combination, which shall be among you, or woe be unto it because of the blood of them who have been slain for they cry from the dust for vengeance upon it and also upon those who built it up. Isaiah 57, verse 5, who burn with lust among the oaks under every burgeoning tree, slayers of children
0: in the gullies under the crags of rocks. Cross-reference, 3rd Nephi, chapter 16. Verse 10 and
1: thus commandeth the Father that I should say unto you at that day when the Gentiles shall sin against my gospel and shall reject the fullness of my gospel. Now this has a dual fulfillment, both during Joseph Smith's first ministry and during his second, which has already commenced,
0: even though he has not yet come upon the scene. At that day when the Latter-day Saints
1: were Gentiles, shall sin against my gospel and shall reject the fullness of my gospel and shall be lifted up in the pride of their hearts above all nations, above all the people of the whole earth and shall be filled with all manner of lying and of deceits and of mischiefs and manner and all manner of hypocrisy and murders. Christ is not using hyperbole. Again, Isaiah 57 verse five, who burn with lust among the oaks under the ever burgeoning tree, slayers of children in the goalies under the crags of rocks and mergers and priestcrafts and whoredoms back in thirty five sixteen Nephi 16 verse 10 and whoredoms and secret abominations and if they shall do all those things and shall reject the fullness of my gospel behold the set the father i will bring the fullness of my gospel from among them but verse 13 talking again about us but if the gentiles or if the latter-day saints will repent and return and how do we do that We repent, receive baptism of water. We enter into the new and everlasting covenant of a broken heart and contrite spirit that we might receive the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost. That is how the Latter-day Saints are to repent and return. But if the Gentiles will repent and return unto me, saith saith the Father, they shall be numbered among my people, O house of Israel, because when... When we receive the baptism of fire, baptism of the Ghost, the
0: Gentile blood is burned out of us and we become blood Israel and we will qualify to be gathered out. And one more cross-reference, Isaiah chapter one. Starting in verse one. The vision of Isaiah, the son of Amos,
1: which he beheld concerning Judea and Jerusalem during the reigns of Uzziah, Jotham, Ahaz, and Hezekiah, king of Judah. Hear, O heavens, give heed, O earth, Jehovah has spoken. I have reared sons, brought them up, but they have revolted against me. Talking about God's covenant people in the last days or the Latter-day Saints. The ox knows its owner, the ass its master's stall, but Israel does not know my people are insensible a nation astray, a people weighed down by sin, the offspring of wrongdoers, perverse children. They have forsaken Jehovah. They have spurned the Holy One of Israel. They have lapsed into apostasy. How have we done this? We have rejected the new and everlasting covenant in the Book of Mormon, and we have replaced it
0: with our own version of the Law of Moses. Why be smitten further by adding to your waywardness? The whole head is sick. The whole heart diseased. The head and the heart refers to
1: both leadership and membership. The whole head is sick, the whole heart diseased. From the soles of the feet, even to the head, there is nothing sound, only wounds and bruises and festering sores. They have not been pressed out or bound up nor smoothed with ointment. Your land is ruined, your cities burned with fire. Burning with fire is a destructive motif of the king of Assyria, king of Babylon that is allowed to destroy the land's Of the people of Zion, or at least who profess to be Zion. Your land is ruined, your cities burned by fire, your native
0: soil devoured. Your native soil is devoured by aliens
1: in your presence, laid waste at its takeover by foreigners. The daughter of Zion is left like a shelter in a vineyard, a hut in a melon field. Or in other words, there will be a separation of the wheat and the tares among God's people. And the wheat shall be preserved and they shall be provided for. Had not Jehovah of hosts left us a few survivors, We should have been as Sodom or become like Gomorrah. Now, Isaiah chapter 6, the very last verse, gives us a rough percentage that about 10% of the earth's population would qualify for deliverance from destruction and about 1% for the end-time exodus. But because the Latter-day Saints have been given even greater light and knowledge, more is required of the Latter-day Saint than anybody else. And so we can expect the percentages would be fewer among us than 1% who will qualify for the end time excess and fewer than 10% who will qualify for deliverance from destruction. Had not Jehovah of hosts left us a few survivors, we should have been as Sodom or become like Gomorrah. Hear the word of Jehovah, O leaders of Sodom. Give heed to the law of your God, you people of Gomorrah. In Isaiah, the leaders of Sodom are likened unto our own church leaders. The people, the Latter-day Saints are likened unto the people of Gomorrah. For what purpose are your abundant sacrifices to me, saith Jehovah? I've had my fill of offerings of rams and the fat of fatted beasts, the blood of bulls and the sheep and he goats. All of these are metaphors for End-time Latter-day Saint temple worship. I do not want. When you come to see me, which is the whole purpose of going to the temple, to enter into the rest of the Lord, who requires you to trample my courts so? Bring no more worthless offerings. They are as loathsome incense to me as for the convening of meetings (laughs) at the new month and on the Sabbath. Wickedness with solemn gathering I cannot approve. So, I have not only had my fill of your temple worship, but also your vain sacrament meetings and all of the meetings that come after them. And your ward and state conferences. Or in other words, as for convening meetings at the new month, And on the Sabbath, wickedness with solemn gathering, I cannot approve. Your monthly and regular meetings, my soul detests. They have become a burden on me. I am weary of putting up with them. When you spread forth your hands, temple imagery, I will conceal my eyes from you. Though you pray at length, I will not hear. Your hands are filled with blood. Wash yourselves clean. Remove your wicked deeds. From before my eyes cease to do evil. Learn to do good. Demand justice. Stand up for the oppressed. Plead for the cause of the fatherless appeal on behalf of the widow. Come now, let us put it to the test, says Jehovah. Though your sins are as scarlet, they can be made as white as snow. Though they have reddened as crimson, they may become white as wool. Or in other words, O Latter-day Saints, return unto me. I am your God. If you return unto me, you shall be my people. And I will save you, and I will redeem you, and I will exalt you. Verse 19, if you are willing and obey, you shall eat the good of the land. But if you are unwilling and disobey, you shall be eaten by the sword. This sword being a metaphor for the king of Assyria, king of Babylon. And by his mouth, Jehovah has spoken it. How the faithful city has become a harlot. Or how the cities of the Latter-day Saints have lapsed into apostasy. How the faithful city has become a harlot. She was filled with justice. Righteousness made its abode in her, but now murders. Or in other words, Joseph Smith restored the fullness of the gospel to you in his first ministry, and you rejected it. And you you received a false gospel to replace what was restored to Joseph. Joseph. Your silver has become dross, your wine diluted with water. Or in other words, precisely what we read in First Nephi chapter 8, that there were many who partook of the fruit of the tree or received the baptism of fire, baptism of the Ghost, who because of the shame of those wagging their fingers at them in the great and spacious building, wandered off into strange paths and were lost. Silver is an ascension level in Isaiah. The ascension level of those who have received the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, your silver has become dross. Your wine diluted with water. Your rulers are renegades, accomplices of robbers. With one accord, they love bribes and run after the rewards. What do you think investing hundreds of millions of dollars into the vaccine industry is? They do not dispense justice to the fatherless, nor do the widow's case come before them. Therefore, the Lord Jehovah of hosts, the valiant one of Israel, declares, Woe to them! I will relieve me of mine adversaries, avenge me of mine enemies. Aren't these the same words spoken in DNC 101 regarding what happens when Joseph returns back on the scene? Verse 57 Therefore, get ye straightway unto the land, break down the walls of mine enemies, throw down their towers, scatter their watchmen. And inasmuch as they gather together against you, avenge me of mine enemies that by and by I may come with the residue of my house and possess the land. Back in Isaiah chapter 1, verse 24 Woe to them, I will relieve me of mine adversaries, avenge me of mine enemies. I will restore my hand over you, my hand being the Lord's end time servant. Why does he have to restore the end time servant? Because it's a second ministry. And smelt away your dross as in a crucible and remove all your
0: alloy. In other words, I will refine you as pure silver or as gold.
1: Or I will extend my new and everlasting covenant to you and invite you to become sons and daughters of Jesus Christ through the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, and then to be instructed about how to enter into his rest. I will restore your judges as at first. Again, DNC 10155. And the Lord of the vineyard said unto one of his servants, Go and gather together the residue of my servants, and take
0: all the strength of mine house. And also in JST Matthew 21. And when, verse 55, And when the Lord of the vineyard cometh,
1: he will destroy those miserable, wicked men, and will let again his vineyard unto other husbandmen, even in the last days, and shall render him the fruits, who shall render him the fruits in their seasons. Or I will restore your judges as at the first. These are the first labors in the last kingdom who return, including Joseph. i talking now about membership. And then understood they, these are the twelve apostles, the parable which he, Christ, spake unto them that the Gentiles or the Latter-day Saints should be destroyed also when the Lord should descend out of heaven to reign in his vineyard, which
0: is the earth and the inhabitants thereof. I restore,
1: back in verse 26 of chapter 1 of Isaiah, I restore your judges as at the first, the first labors in the last kingdom, and your counselors as in the beginning. After this, you shall be called a city of righteousness. Righteousness is the end time servant, a faithful city for Zion shall be ransomed by justice. Those of her who repent by righteousness are the end time servant. How do we repent? It's the new and everlasting covenant of baptism. But criminals and sinners shall altogether be shattered when those who forsake Jehovah are annihilated, the destruction of the terrors. And you will be ashamed of the oaks you cherished or of those chief priests and Pharisees who you hailed as true messengers who were ravening wolves in sheep's clothing. And you will be ashamed of the oaks you cherished and blush for the parks you were fond of. You shall become like an oak whose leaves wither and as a garden that has no water. The mighty shall be as refuse and the works as spark. Both shall burn up alike, and there shall be none to extinguish. And back in Isaiah chapter 57. Again, who burn with lust among the oaks under every burgeoning tree, slayers of children in the gullies under the crags of rocks, among the slippery stones of the ravines shall your fate shall be your fate. They indeed are your lot. To them you pour out libations and make offerings. How shall I be appeased of such
0: things? Or your temple worship I find loathsome because
1: it was not given to you by me. On a lofty mountain you have made prominent your bed and there you ascend to offer sacrifices.
0: This is Latter-day Temple Worship. And those things
1: that church leaders give to the members as things that will exalt them. Behind doors and facades, you have put up your emblems. You have exposed yourself to others than I. Mounting your bed, you have laid it wide open. Or you have laid your legs wide open. You have gone whoring after false gods. And you profess it in the name of the God of Israel. And you bargain with those with whom you love to lie your hand on their nakedness. You bathe with oils for the king and increase your perfumes. You send your solicitors far abroad. You debase yourself to the depths. Again, I would hearken back to when the 15 went to visit the Pope. As a direct...
0: Example of what Isaiah is talking about. You bathe with oils for the king. President Nelson called the Pope your holiness.
1: And increase your perfumes, you send your solicitors far abroad and debase yourselves to the depths. Though wearied by your excessive ways, you have not admitted despair. You have found livelihood and therefore have not slackened. Yet on whose account are you uneasy and apprehensive that you pretend and do not mention me, nor even give me a thought? For you sound the mantra, follow the prophet, and you seldom enter into the scriptures, and you scarcely mention Jesus Christ, but you incessantly quote each other. Is it because I have so long kept silent that you no longer fear me? but I will expose your fornication and the wantonness of your exploits. When you cry out in distress, let those who flock to you save you. A wind shall carry all of them off. A vapor shall take them away. But they who seek refuge in me shall possess the earth and receive an inheritance in my holy mountain. When you cry out in distress, let those who flock to you save you. It will be said, excavate, pave a road, prepare the way, remove the obstacle from the path of my people. Thus says he who is highly exalted, who abides forever, whose name is sacred. I dwell on high in holy places and with him who is humble and lowly in spirit or, and with him who will offer up the sacrifice of a broken, heart and contrite spirit, or in other words, enter into the covenant, which I extend to my people, not only with their lips, but also with their hearts. Refreshing the spirits of the lowly, reviving the hearts of the humble. I will not contend forever, nor always be angry with the spirits and souls I have made would faint before me. By his sin of covetousness, I was provoked, I struck him and hid my face in anger. When he strayed by following the ways of his heart, yet I have seen his conduct and I will heal him I will guide him and amply console him and those who mourn for
0: him. Or in other words, 2 Nephi 28. Woe be unto the Gentiles, or Latter-day
1: Saints, saith the Lord God of hosts. For notwithstanding, I shall lengthen out my arm unto them from day to day. They will deny me. Nevertheless, I will be merciful unto them, saith the Lord, God of hosts, if they will repent and come unto me. For mine arm is lengthened out all the day long, saith the Lord, God of hosts. That arm is the Lord's end-time servant, both in Joseph's first and second ministries. If they will repent and turn unto me, verse 18, back in Isaiah 57, yet I have seen his conduct. This is of his people of his covenant people, the Latter-day Saints, and I will heal him if he will repent and return and come unto me. I will guide him and amply console him and those who mourn for him, who partake of the fruit of the lips, peace, will being to those far off and to those who are near, says Jehovah who heals him. But the wicked are like the raging sea, unable to rest, whose waters heave up mire and mud. Raging sea be the being the destructive power of the king of Assyria. There is no peace, says my God,
0: for the wicked. And so, it is my testimony that the time of the
1: Gentiles is upon us. That we are now living in the dispensation of the fullness of the times. That that light, which is the fullness of the gospel, it has broken forth that we can, through entering into the New and Everlasting Covenant, receive the baptism of fire, baptism of the Holy Ghost, and at the appropriate time, be baptized by water by the authority of the Melchizedek Priesthood. And if not available before the Exodus, it will be
0: available by those who are sent to gather you out. And that it's the gathers in this
1: generation The Lord extends the opportunity to be the gatherers of Israel. But first, we must qualify as the strength of the Lord's house. We must enter into covenant with him. We must repent. We must seek his revelation on what we need to have repent of and follow that instruction. We must offer up our broken hearts and contrite spirits and be endowed with power from on high even the endowment of the baptism of fire, baptism of Holy Ghost, in preparation for the return of
0: Christ in his glory. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen.